The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. All right, just a forewarning for you. There is going to be a rant tonight. This will be a fiery edition of the dish on Clubhouse Conversation. Things could get interesting. It's Davo, and I'm glad you are along. And we're obviously going to talk about this very impressive Game 1 victory by the Royals tonight. Impressive for multiple reasons. Ventura overcoming some things that normally would have rattled him in the past, pitching himself out of big-time situations. Notice how I said pitching, not throwing. Pitching himself out of big-time situations. We'll talk about the offense, some big two-out hits, some walks tonight. We'll talk about some shoddy defense from Detroit and how it just proves even further that you can't quantify good defense. And we'll look at the last two games of the series, some roster moves. So much to go over tonight. But we'll begin with our player of the game and then get right into what everybody in Royals Nation wants to talk about right now, and that's Joaquin Soria. Not the Royals being 9-4, and four, being in first place, playing great baseball, being 9-4 and four despite clicking in all cylinders yet. No, let's whine about Soria. We're now the Philadelphia Phillies, apparently. All right, we'll talk about that coming up in a minute. First, our player of the game, Salvi Perez. How about Salvi tonight? He had the big, of course, three-run home run. They really put this game away and was big later as Detroit tagged Danny Duffy pretty good. Salvi also had the big double, ends up two for four with five RBIs and a run in this one. The Royals win eight to six. And we'll get, like I said, to the offense. There's lots of guys to talk about. Roster moves, preview, blah, 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 blah. Lots. So hang on here. Hope you'll hang out for this whole edition. We have lots to go over. Let's start, though, with Joaquin Soria in the eighth inning of tonight's game, which unfortunately, you know, to me, is something that needs to be addressed up front. And maybe I'm guilty, you know, over dramatizing this a little bit by bringing it up so quickly and not looking at other facets of the game first because there were some great things that happened tonight. But it bothered me, the treatment Joaquin Soria got. Let's go through the inning first. So Soria comes out, and I tweeted from our Twitter, at Royals Clubhouse, against Anthony Ghost. The third pitch of the at-bat was such a good sign to me. We've been talking about how his fastball looks good at 92-91. He's really, you know, especially against right-handed hitters, pitching inside very well. He did again tonight a couple times as well. But we've been saying the one thing with Soria... You know, the two things are we, we give him, we being me, <laughs> but I'm sure Clubhouse Conversation Insider Jake Lutz would agree, we're giving Soria a long leash because of who he is. Very long-time successful major league reliever. The guy last year had better ERAs than Luke Hochaver or Kelvin Herrera. You know, the guy's got a three-year deal. He's a Royals Hall of Famer. It's the first month of a three-year deal. So we're going to give him a long leash, a long benefit of the doubt, and look at sample size. So that's the first thing we said. But the second thing was, obviously the secondary pitches have not been good. In particular, that curveball, when he has thrown it, it's either been a ball or it's been up and hittable. The good thing to me was the third pitch to Anthony Ghost. The curve at 68 was vintage Soria. Dropped right over between the belt and the knees. Wasn't picture perfect, but it was pretty damn close to the old Soria. That was good to see. And that's just one pitch. But you hear Ned Yost telling us all the time how close Soria is getting. And I believe it. I do believe it. Because the fastball's there. There's still zip on the fastball. It's still able to get inside well. He's got to get those secondary pitches, though. Or, I agree, it will be a long season for him. That is true. There's nobody denying that. And I'm not saying Soria pitched well tonight. I'm not trying to sugarcoat this here. But, you know, he strikes out Anthony Ghost to start the inning. So good job there, right? Jose Iglesias gets a cheap infield hit. I mean, it, it hits a hit. If the Royals got a hit, I wouldn't call it cheap. So in the hole, Escobar going to his right. Escobar would have thrown out 
five, if not six, of the other eight guys in the Tigers lineup. So it wasn't a bad job to Iglesias there by Soria. Very easily could have been two up, two down. All right? It wasn't, so it's still a hit. All right? It's still a hit. That still counts. That's still baseball, and you've got to be able to pitch around it. Now, next hitter, Ian Kinsler, who did get the solid single up the middle. However, Eric Hosmer going over to the dugout. Very, very tough play. Not a routine play, not a play that should have been made, but it's a play that could have been made by Hosmer. Kind of overran the ball, misjudged where he was in the field, reached back, tried to make the basket catch, couldn't quite do it. So Kinsler got the extra couple pitches there and made the Royals pay with the single up the middle. Just saying, Soria could have been pretty close to 1-2-3 there. But again, that's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm not here to overly make excuses and sugarcoat things for Soria, okay? And at that point, he's got to still be able to you know, outpitch that, to, to overcome that. He's a veteran. And he didn't. The boo started coming in after Kensler got the single. And I'm not saying that contributed to the four-pitch walk next to Mr. Upton. And if it did contribute, I'll say that's not a good sign because Soria does have to be more mentally strong than to let fans, you know, kind of bring his confidence down and lead to a four-pitch walk. I'm not saying that's what happened, but it wouldn't shock me if that's what happened is all I'm saying. Now, before again we get to the boos, give Ned Yost big credit. He had Kelvin Herrera up a bit the inning before when Danny Duffy got in big-time trouble, which is a, also a bit concerning. We haven't talked about that yet this year, and we won't tonight because, again, I'm not overly concerned. He's not getting regular work, but he has not been real great this year so far. Give Ned, Ned credit, though. He, you know, he got Kelvin up right away. When Kinsler got that bouncing ball through the middle, Herrera was already up. So by the time the four-pitch walk happened, Ned yanked him right away. And that's that's a big change with Ned Yost. And I'm, I don't even believe he would have made that move a year ago. I think this is like mid-2015. Ned is handling the pitching flawlessly. And I'm not just saying that because the Royals are winning. There's been people who have been criticizing Ned throughout a couple of times this year. Not so much this year, but quite a bit last year about his handling of the pitching. And that was me two, three years ago. There were some times where I thought Ned Yost didn't handle the pitching well two, three years ago. And we called him out on such here. But once again, he, he he's a new guy the last, well, I don't know, year maybe, calendar year. I don't believe he was even this aggressive early last season. I'll have to go back and look. But I don't believe, it seems to me this is like a new, like a May 2015 Ned and on where he is on top of it. He's not going to let games get away anymore. He's balls to the wall all in. And you could say that even go back to 2014, I suppose, to a degree. But it just seems like it's more so the last year. But I give Neg big credit for making the switch at that point. And Calvin Herrera comes in. Miguel Cabrera striking out four times in the same night. You're kidding. Blue moon tonight, huh? Victor Martinez gets hit. Luckily, I think he's okay. You don't want to see a guy get hit. He did come out for the pinch runner there. Kevin Romine. Or what, not Kevin Romine. What's his son's name? Kevin Romine played for the Red Sox. It's his son. Is it Anthony Romine? Whatever the hell the guy's name is. <laughs> Romine came in to run. I remember his dad with the, with the Red Sox. That's how old I'm getting. But Kevin Herrera gets out of it there with a, you know, J.D. Martinez pop out there to Dyson. And the, the ball was up a bit, by the way. He got semi-lucky that ball wasn't hit better. But anyway, let's go back to Soria now. So Soria's booed. Before the four-pitch walk, he was even booed back on opening day. I didn't comment on it because it was probably a pocket of like 50 people. All right? It wasn't that big of a deal on opening day. You're always going to have people, especially on opening day, I'm like, well, it's just drunk people, whatever. Tonight, though, come on. And, it, and again, it, it was like a 1% of the crowd there. I understand that. I understand if you're listening, most likely those hearing my voice, I'm preaching to the freaking choir on this. But booing Joaquin Soria when he comes off the field tonight... First of all, the Royals are still ahead 8-5. to five. Second of all, the Royals are 8-4. and freaking four. You hear probably 500 people booing him. Is this Phila freaking Delphia? Joaquin Soria, five great years. Okay, not great. 
three great years with the Royals. One good year with the Royals and one okay year with the Royals before. Remember, the Royals got this guy as a Rule 5 pick from the San Diego Padres. He was here through the leanest of times and was one of the brighter spots of that era for the Royals. And, and they let him go at the correct time. You had a guy like Greg Holland waiting in the wings, and you weren't at that point in win-now mode. He was cheap those years, and the Royals kept him through the time as they should have, and they let him walk when they should have. So don't say, oh, well, uh, he was a closer on bad teams, so who cares? He's not a. It doesn't matter. He's not impressive. It didn't mean anything. Now it does. Don't give me that crap. There were years when I was out there living and dying, and there weren't 26,000 people there on a Tuesday night like there was tonight. There was probably 18,000, 17,000 people there on a Tuesday night back then. But there were still Royals fans from 07 to 11, and Soria meant the world to us, right? Soria came over, was class all the way. Give them the name, the executioner. I think Bob Dutton was the one that coined that from the KC Star. He kind of kept his mouth shut. He's a nice guy, great guy, and finally spoke up and said, I don't like this nickname. It's, it's not good. People in my, my country are dying. I, a guy who means well. A guy, a guy who has a great heart. A guy who was a damn good pitcher for the Royals. He was a two-time All-Star with the Royals, all right? Joaquim Soria has saved 161 games for the Royals. Joaquim Soria has pitched 305 games with a 2.49 ERA, 161 saves. Last season, had a better ERA than Luke Hochaver, had a better ERA than Kelvin Herrera, 2.53 last year. 2014 and 13 coming back from the surgeries, still 3.25 and 14, 3.80 was a bit high in 13. But Joaquim Soria has been an above-average reliever literally just about every single year of his Major League career. And borderline great in four of them. He's a Royals Hall of Famer, whatever you say, for many reasons. The fact that from that era, yes, he is one of the few really positive signs from there. And he'll be retired before the majority of these guys, you know, there's, what, six, seven, eight Hall of Famers possibly on this current team. Five, six, seven, whatever it may be. He'll, still, he'll be retired before then, so he will get in there. Believe me. And he's still got 2.9 years left to build on those numbers. He signed a three-year freaking contract with the Royals. The team's 8-4, and four, about to be 9-4. First month of the season, and you boo him. I can only guess you were going for the Boston Red Sox in 2011. I can only guess you were going for the New York Yankees in 2009. I can only guess you were going for the St. Louis Cardinals in 2008. And your butt hurt because Soria closed the door on you so many nights. I can only guess you didn't like him because he beat you. And you weren't a fan back then. And you are now. But you don't know who Soria was. You don't know what he means to this team. And you weren't there through the lean years. That's the only thing I can think of. Being upset with the way Joaquin Soria has been pitching this year, totally fine. Again, we're giving him a longer leash here. But again, we also admit if he doesn't get those secondary pitches in command, it's going to be a long season for Joaquin Soria. There's no doubt. And there's no doubt he pitched poorly again tonight. Now, we did mention that there was a couple of times he could have gotten out of that inning pretty unscathed. And we did mention that he still has to be mentally more tough than that and is a veteran. There's no excuses in the end. You're 9-4. and four. You're booing a Royals Hall of Famer who signed a three-year deal, who gave so much to this team, so much to the city. Chris Young, I, I hate to even imagine what will happen Friday night if he gets let up. Probably nothing. There will not be the same standard held for Chris Young, I have no doubt. And I'm not saying there should. Chris Young should not be booed. If Chris Young gives up six runs and two-thirds of an innings, do not boo him. 
The Royals won the World Series last year. The Royals are in first place right now. Chris Young was a big part of it. Just like Joaquin Soria has been a big part of it. Do not boo either of them. But I'm saying if you're going to hold Soria to the same standard, I'd hate to imagine what Chris Young, the Royals are 0-3 in his starts. If he struggles again Friday, I'd hate to imagine what these same quote-unquote fans are going to do to him when he walks off the field. It won't happen, of course. Because A, he'll pitch better. And B, even if he doesn't, he won't get booed like that. I'm just saying, this is ridiculous. Luke Hochaver, Wade Davis were all booed. And I guess that's just part of the game. I guess fans everywhere, there's always going to be bad apples. And I understand it's the minority of fans. It just pisses me off. Back on track. Wade Davis, speaking of weights, looked great in the ninth inning. Good to see. Struck out Mr. Salty, who goes deep every other bat this year. Jared Saltolmachia, he did earlier in the game off of Danny Duffy. From the right side there. A looping liner by Shane Collins is caught. Anthony Goes, who seemed to be in the middle of everything tonight, draws the walk, but then Jose Iglesias ends the game in a weak popper. But let's get to Yordano Ventura tonight. For as impressive as Salvi was, and as impressive as the Royals' offense was, Yordano Ventura might have been the most impressive thing tonight of anybody on this team. The line is not sterling. Five innings. Two runs on six hits, five Ks, three walks. Again, the walks continue to be an issue for Ventura. But five innings giving up just two runs. Again, you look at the line, you didn't watch the game, you're like, well, mediocre. Not really, considering a couple things. Some major growth is going on with Udana Ventura. First of all, he pitched himself into and out of a couple of extremely impressive you know, jams. The main one... Of course, being in the third inning. He gives the single to Anthony Ghost, once again in the middle of things. We'll come back to his name again later. Anything tonight, Anthony Ghost was involved in somehow. Anthony Ghost, a leadoff single in the third inning. And then Jose Iglesias hits a pretty much room service chopper back to Ventura for a double play. But Ventura doesn't set himself, throws the ball away, right? So instead of two outs, nobody on, you've got first and second, nobody out, and the meat of the order coming up. You got Kinsler, Upton, Cabrera. Martinez, comma, Victor, and then Martinez, comma, JD, all coming up. Ventura, first and second, nobody out. Ian Kensler, fly out. Nice. Justin Upton, singles. All right, well, that's not great, but the bases are loaded now with one out. Bases loaded, though, one out. Miguel Cabrera comes to the plate. Ventura already got him the first time. And what was the bat of the game? No doubt. To me. Bases loaded, one out. Full count. Ooh, Ventura in the past, man, he's hot. He threw the ball in the center. It's his fault. It's everybody else's fault. He's mad. Uh, the world's crashing down. Uh-oh, he's going to get rattled, right? Full count. Fastball coming, right? That's what Cabrera thought. That's what everybody in the park thought. Change up. Strike three. Victor Martinez, you know, okay, you got two outs here. Two-thirds of the way through the jam. The old Ventura serves up a fastball, right? Fastball gets hit for a hit, right? Or he walks him or hits him. Nope. Pops out Victor. Ventura gets out of it. He's truly becoming a pitcher. That's the second thing I want to talk about. He's throwing change-ups. He's throwing secondary pitches, off-speed pitches, curveballs in fastball counts. He's pitching backwards. He's pitching. He's not throwing. And that is a tremendous thing. And we've discussed ad nauseum here how I still think he's more of a 2-3 as a ceiling. Some still see him as a 1-2. But either way, he's fine. 1-2 1-2 is obviously fantastic. 2-3 is fantastic. That's extreme value. The Royals have him signed up for a long time, and it's so good to see his growth. Nice job for Ventura. I would give him player of the game if Salvi wouldn't have gone so nuts offensively. So offensively, you know, five Royal strikeouts, that's fine. We've said that's kind of the upper 
limit of what we want to see if the Royals are going to not walk a lot. Though they did walk tonight. They walked four times tonight. So if they're walking four times, that can handle seven strikeouts. But if you're going to walk your standard one or two times, you can't be striking out more than five times. The Royals strike out five, walk four. That's good. How about three extra base hits in this one? Moose had the double. Sally the double. Sally the home run. Gerard Dyson, the second biggest at bat of the game. Next to the Cabrera strikeout. Gets the Royals started. Gets the Royals on the scoreboard in that second inning. Kendrys Morales, Alex Gordon walk. Sal and Omar pop out. First and second, two out. You didn't score on the first. You left the guy on base. Now it's the second. You're like, oh, God, here we go again. We can't get the big hit wrist-wise. First pitch, boom, line drive left field. And Mike Gersley, the first of two times tonight where he outclassed Detroit's defense, and especially Mr. Upton. Sends home the runner. Bad throw. The Royals score a run. Have second and third now, and that leads to a, a big-time hit by Alcides Escobar, putting the Royals up 3 nothing. And once again, the Royals show you can't quantify a defense. We've gone over it. I'm, I'm going to go over it like every day this year on this show because I'm so, you know, not only am I sick of Soria, I'm sick of the whole Pakoda and the experts bashing on the Royals. You can't quantify defense because it's the butterfly effect. You know, when a play is not made or is made, you don't know what would have happened either way. Case in point, I mean, we could go on and on. The Springer play that led to five runs. It wasn't even a, an error technically in Houston. If the play wasn't made, who would have thought with two outs that starts a five-run rally? The Duda play, who knows? If he makes that play, maybe the Royals don't win the World Series. They probably do, but you never know. The Correa play, if that play is made by him against Houston, the Royals are still down one, probably still come back, but you don't know if they will. The Twin Series, they throw away a ball, it leads to three runs, the Royals win. Tonight. Bad throw should have had Kendrick Morales at the plate. It would have still been 0-0. Instead, I made it 1-0. The next hitter wasn't allowed to hit. He made it 3-0. The plays that are made often eliminate things that would have happened that would have been bad. When these Royals are making these great plays, like Escobar in Houston, going over his head there. I loved it on Sports Science today, by the way, on ESPN, making the double play. If that ball falls against Ian Kennedy, first and second, who knows what happens? Instead, there's two outs, nobody on. The pitch selection becomes different. The batters become different. The whole lineup changes the rest of the game. The next four, five, six innings, different guys hit because of that play, or they wouldn't have if the play wasn't made. It's the butterfly effect. One thing changes the entire game. One pitch can, one defensive misplay especially. You cannot quantify defense. Even if you call the Royals the best and acknowledge that like Makoto does, and you wonder why they're 10, 15, 20, 25 games off on predictions every year, because you can't quantify defense. Even the zone rating in its own is flawed defensively. But especially when you look at the fact that you don't know what would have happened next if the play wasn't made. And how many runs the Royals saved directly from plays and indirectly because you don't know what would have happened. It's special. It's fun to watch. Alex Gordon, a big night. Couple of walks, hit some balls hard, scored two runs. Told you he's going to come out of this. He is. He's going deep any any day now. Kendrys, how about Kendrys? Two for two with a walk, three runs scored. Just a big night for the Royals' offense. Now, last two things here: roster moves. I was very surprised the Royals decided to keep Terrence Gore up here and send down Raymond Fuentes today as Gerard Dyson activated. I thought for sure they'd send Gore down and keep Fuentes up here. To me, and, and of course Dylan G was put on paternity leave. Congrats to him and the birth. The addition of a child to his family. Glad to see the baby was safe. And they bring back Miguel Amante for a couple of days till Thursday, just for tomorrow. He'll be back on Thursday. To me, though, the move of Fuentes going down says more about Terrence Gore than it does Raymond Fuentes. It tells me the Royals don't see Terrence Gore as a major league player outside of being a pinch runner. They don't see him projecting with the bat. They don't see him really projecting defensively either. 
they see him what he is right now. They're in win-now mode, which is fine. I get that. If that's what you feel, and I probably agree with them, that's fine. So to me, the whole move says they want Fuentes getting at bats every day because they do see him as a potential everyday player in the major leagues. They do see him. I, I do believe that. I actually believe the Royals when they say that, that they want Fuentes to get at bats every day and play every day. I agree. I, I believe that they believe that. I think what it says, though, more is that Terrence Gore is not really a major league player outside of the speed. And I'm not saying I'm not trying to knock Terrence Gore. I'm just saying the move says more about Gore than it does Fuentes. All right, last two games of the series. I love the Royals tomorrow. Jordan Zimmerman, 2-0 with no ERA. Ian Kennedy, 2-0 with an 0.66. Zimmerman, 13 scoreless innings so far this year against the Yankees and Pirates. Only Omar Infante has seen him more than three ABs on the Royals roster. 14 at-bats there. Zimmerman, the reason I like the Royals so much is I think the offense is going to stay hot. Detroit can't field the ball, as we saw again tonight. It's a big park, and Zimmerman does not miss bats. Seven Ks in 13 innings. Again, small sample size, I know. Just like a zero ERA, small sample size, the strikeouts could get better. But he's not missing too many bats. The Royals aren't going to strike out against him. They're going to hit the ball and play against a weak defense in a big park, and they're going to score some runs tomorrow night. With that said, Ian Kennedy obviously not going to keep up the 0.66 ERA either. Sure, he gives up a few runs tomorrow night. Coming off seven innings, one run, seven Ks against Houston. 14-3 to K to walks for Kennedy. Love the Royals tomorrow night. Love them for the sweep also on Thursday. I expect it. Pelfrey takes the hill against Edinson Volquez. Pelfrey, one run in six innings last time out, but did walk six. And time before that, six runs and three and two-thirds against the Yankees. A 6-5-2 to start the year for Mike Pelfrey. Volquez, you know about him last time. Six innings, two runs, four walks against the Oakland Athletics. So there you go. We went over a lot tonight. So hopefully you, you found this one interesting. Please continue to listen to our dishes. We post these Two out of three, three out of four, probably three out of four nights, probably 115 to 120 times this year. You'll hear post-game dishes here on Clubhouse Conversation. You'll hear interviews all week, or all sorry, all season, once a week with current Royals players from KC down to Idaho Falls, once a week. We had Carlos Garcia on yesterday, and you'll hear from former Royals pretty much every week year-round as well. We heard from Andy Stewart a couple days ago. Highly recommend that interview, by the way. It's hilarious. I promise you, you'll want to hear this. I hope you're a fan of the site. Appreciate you listening. Subscribe on iTunes through the site here at clubhouseconversation.com. Follow us on Twitter at Royals Clubhouse and on Facebook, Clubhouse Conversation. We will talk to you again tomorrow night. Go Royals, and if you boot Soria, shame on you.